welcome to the second season of our Triune Pod. We are still preparing you to praise. Join me, the Reverend Nick Comiskey, and the Reverend Bendy Hart for a conversation about low-key theology, lived experience, and often unrelated pop culture as we break down one of the Psalms. We hope it's an inspiring, maybe a bit irreverent, but mostly helpful way to get you ready for some God time. Back to our trying pod, Nick. How's it going, man? I'm well, Ben. It's great to see you. Got a haircut, looking great. I know it's terrible yeah. podcast content, but um, you're looking sharp. None of you can see this, but just imagine the most beautiful man you've ever seen. That's me. That's right. That's right, okay. dude. What's uh, we can't talk about movies this week. We've talked about them the last two weeks. What is something since I've seen your beautiful face last that has been really fun? Well, um, over the weekend, I went to a wedding in, up in Maine. I actually talked to a lot of current, former <laughs> listeners to the pod, people who are like, I love that. I'm like, we're still doing it. Oh, I thought it was over. But anyway, I appreciate oh, I do get a lot of that. Like, uh, oh, yeah, I love I love the colics. I'm like, you know, we haven't been doing the colics for like a year now. <laughs> totally. But anyway, um, shouts to uh, Dan and Hannah. I doubt they're listening, but it was uh, super fun to see friends from college. Got to hang out on the dance floor a little bit. And um, uh, I'm sure some of our listeners will appreciate this. You have this period of your life in college that's very, very fun. And you meet people that you kind of think you're going to be close to the rest of your life. And you might hold them in very high regard, but just in the present tense, don't have any meaningful interaction with them. But when you see them, even if you haven't seen them in a while, it's not that nothing's changed, but you can just enjoy them like you did 20 years ago or 15 years ago. And so I really, really enjoyed being able to connect with those folks. That's awesome. What about you, Ben? Anything fun over the last week? Yeah. I mean, some people might call this fun, but I have had the goal of walking every sidewalk in Mountain Brook, this little kind of suburb of Birmingham, uh, because no one else does it. I And now Chelsea, I forced her to come with me and she often obliges me, but I have walked almost every single sidewalk. And I've started to think that Chelsea and I have started a trend, at least since she has joined me, because I'm starting to see more people walk the sidewalks. I don't know. It's just, I guess it's because I'm, I lived in New York for eight years and just walking is really fun and things are like less than a half mile away. So why not walk? But I've actually really enjoyed it because, I mean, the architecture out here is gorgeous. And I just learned that Mountain Brook is the most forested suburb of all suburbs. So it's just, it's beautiful, especially like around twilight, man. It is just unreal. doesn't feel like it's a real place. So. Wow, that's very cool. So what, how are you keeping track of the sidewalks you've walked on? Now that I have an Apple Watch again, they can, can kind of track everywhere you've walked. So wow. Cool, a little bit man. of overlap, but. I'm trying to branch out. That's great, man. That's very cool. And if you live in Mountain Brook, you know that, or just Birmingham in general, you know that I will oftentimes just stop in all of the, I wouldn't say they're the largest houses in the world. They're not like Jersey mafia houses, but they are some of the most beautiful houses I've ever seen. Wow. Apostle of wonder. All right, man, let's get into the Psalm. All right, here it is. Psalm 91. And again, it's kind of jumping around verses one through six and 14 through 16. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall say to the Lord, you are my refuge and my stronghold, my God in whom I put my trust. 
He shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with his pinions and you shall find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness shall be a shield and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of any terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in the darkness, nor of the sickness that lays waste at midday. Because he has bound to me in love, therefore will I deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will rescue him and bring him to honor. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Okay, Nick, Psalm 91, hit us. Well, this is, if there was a greatest hits, you know, if there was like 12 Psalms of the 150 that you would package as an album, I think Psalm 91 would make a very strong argument to be on Mm -hmm. there. It looms large in the history of the church. And I think that's for two reasons, really. I mean, one, there are promises of comfort and refuge that are immediately emotionally comforting. Um, I I think you've probably read this as well. There's this uh, Athanasius fourth century church father, yeah, ish, mm-hmm. um, very famous theologian, and he uh, was writing to a, a peer, and he said, "If you desire to establish yourself and others in devotion, to know what confidence is to be reposed in God." And what makes the mind fearless, you will praise God by reciting the 91st Psalm. So that to me is, again, like symbolic or emblematic of the fact that this is one of those Psalms that people have gone to for the last, I don't know, 2,500 years, Jewish Christian readers who want to establish themselves before God and find comfort. So I think that's one reason why it looms large. The other reason is that this is uh, Satan's favorite Psalm. Be good episode, that'd be a good episode title, by the way. And uh, it would be uh, because Satan uses this psalm, not in the verses that we read, but to in the temptation narratives in Luke 4, when Jesus is at the pinnacle of the temple. So for me, as someone who thinks about the lectionary, obviously we preach on that text every year, the um, Psalm 91 is emotionally ravishing and also is this bizarre occurrence of the enemy of our souls using the word of God against the God man kind of bizarre so those are just that's an opening salvo but um i was going to ask you did you say that this is one of the top 12 psalms because of athanasius or because of satan but uh you you beat me to that okay (laughs) yeah i mean i think you know to get into the psalm itself i think we could have a cool you know conversation uh about three different elements And the first is in verses one and two, there are these two different metaphors for God's uh, protection. In verse two, um, we're instructed to say to the Lord, you are my refuge and my stronghold. Other translations use the word fortress. So God is like this fortress filled with shields and thick cement walls that keep every danger at bay. Um, and the second metaphor is, is quite different. It's in verse three, um, excuse me, verse four, he shall cover you. God will cover you with his pinions or feathers, and you shall find refuge under his wing. So God is a fortress with these thick cement walls. God is also a, a mother hen that gathers her brood with, you know, beneath her wings. And, and Tim Keller and his, his devotion on the Psalms, he points out that what we see in these two metaphors is this unique and very biblical combination of strength and sacrifice. Specifically, the, the mother hen, you know, a wall is this inert object that is not particularly affected by what is going around 
going on around it. But a, a hen, a mother hen, you know, she shields her brood from the heat or from the cold by absorbing the heat or the cold. Yeah. And so it's this idea that God saves us through suffering. And it's this little glimmer of what we see fulfilled in the cross. I don't want to jump to the gospel too quickly, but even in these first few verses, God saves us through sacrifice. God is this unique combination of, of strength and, and meekness. Um, it's, it's pretty beautiful. Yeah. I think it might be like a cool spiritual exercise just to focus on some of the, the images where we're told that God is a shelter, a refuge. He covers us. He is a shield, a buckler. He will deliver us and then later on rescue us. And mm. I don't know. I mean, I can just rest in that all day, man. That's, totally. With all my anxiety and fear that I try to mask, just being reminded that we serve a God who is this fortress, mm. but not just some impersonal stronghold, but also a loving mother hen who cares yeah. for weaklings like you and me. And I mean, for me, that's why it's in the top 12. Totally. That's why it makes up the album. The that's song. right. That's right. Uh, and then as you know, we continue on in the psalm, the body of the psalm, again, that we don't have all of, but it's this promise of comprehensive protection. And this is what gets picked up by Satan in the temptation narratives, you know, whether it's the terror by night, the arrow that flies by day, the plague, the sickness, there is this sense that if God is for you, who can be against you? And you can imagine uh, a reader with a, a hermeneutic of suspicion <laughs> saying, in effect, well, my history of terror, of sickness seems to belie the promise of this psalm, right? Like, how could you say this is meaningfully true if we all know believers, very faithful, very dedicated to God, undergo immense suffering? So how is Psalm 91 true for them? And I think what you have to, what you have to go to is this, it's, this, it's subtle, but in verse 15, this is where the psalmist is speaking on behalf of God. God is speaking to believing beloved community. And God says, I am with you in trouble. So even in this psalm, there's this recognition that though God promises to protect you comprehensively, that coexists with present tense trouble. Like God doesn't protect us from trouble necessarily. God protects us in trouble or amidst trouble. So I think what we can say for those for whom God is your refuge um, and whom if, if you put your trust in God, you can lose things, but you can't lose any ultimate things because the Lord is with you. You know, you can be stripped in very painful, difficult ways of things you think are so essential to your well-being. But I think the promise of the Bible is nothing that is ultimately ultimate will be taken from you, you know, because God is for you and nothing can separate you from his love. It kind of reminds, reminds me of what Paul says when he talks about contentment and that he is content in all things. And this is not a person who's had an easy life, who's had a trust fund, and not experienced real pain, real struggles. And yet there's that mystery of in Christ, in this refuge under the shadow of his wings, I am content. And I remember, I don't know if you remember this, Nick, but I remember in certain like, you know, Catholic Protestant polemics, some of my Protestant friends who really mean well are like, well, it's not very good news if we just, if we focus on the incarnation, because God with us isn't really enough. We need a God who saves us, who rescues us. And of course, I believe that. And that's what this psalm is talking about, right? A God who will deliver us and bring us to honor. Uh, but there is good news too in 
so much of our lives, whether we're in actual trouble or imagined trouble or anxiety of our own devising or just real fear, it is good news that we are not abandoned, that we're not left alone, that God is in fact with us. He's not ignoring us. He's not powerless, but he is with us in the muck. Uh, he's with us, him being on the cross, us carrying our crosses. Yes, he'll ultimately deliver us. But I just hear a, a whole lot from, uh, not that I <laughs> talk to many of these people, but I hear their stories of persecuted Christians who who get a lot of mileage out of, you know, God is with me in this pain. Nevertheless, also God is the one who makes a way out of no way. So those yeah. Really yeah, I mean, as you know, Ben, from our conversations over the years, this is one of my one of my hobby horses, but that to me just reeks of an anemic pneumatology. Like, of course, the idea that God is with you isn't very meaningful. Frankly, so is the idea that God saves you from your sin. Like ideas aren't anything. <laughs> like, And so when you only have kind of, yeah, like stale doctrine, then yeah, the incarnation is this like, I don't know what it does, but not much. But if you have, again, a more robust lived sense of the spirit's presence, then Jesus and through his spirit coming alongside you and making you brave and strong by being brave and strong beside you, like uh, that is in, in actual life and everyday experience, probably the most comforting thing far more than like, not, sorry, I don't want to engage in polemics on the other side, but I think it's, it's equally comforting as, as a human being that makes their way through the world to have a sense of, I am not alone. God is with me. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, it's hard to imagine what could be more comforting than that. Totally. And yeah, it's like, it's not, I don't want a God who is only with me in sporadic supernatural events. I want that too, but I want God to be the one in whom I live and move and have my being. So totally. Yeah. Well, let's just, let's wrap up real quick in uh, verses 15 through 16. There are these uh, seven promises. God, in, in short succession, we have seven promises of things God will do. God will deliver us. First, second half of verse 14, God will protect us. God will answer our prayer. And as we've been talking about, God will accompany us. I am with him in trouble, the psalmist says. And I think these are not, uh, I don't mean this in a derogatory way. These are like very practical. And you might even say like horizontal, like not horizontal. These are, those are promises for this life as we make our way through ups and downs, God's rescue, protection, answered prayer and accompaniment. But the last three promises, um, the last half of verse 15 and verse 16 are eschatological are oriented towards the end of time, right? God will bring us to honor, which to me, you know, to read this through the lens of the new Testament, that has this sense of like glorification. You know, when we stand before the Lord, we see Jesus as he is, and we become like him. We give eternal life with long life. Will I satisfy him and salvation and body and soul, right? A comprehensive rehabilitation that we experience in, in a foretaste now, but we will be brought fully to honor and eternal life and salvation on that day. So, you know, this little Psalm, man, not little Psalm, but these Psalms in such poetic prayerful ways, just pack such a punch. And it's, you know, it's what makes, it's what makes season two of OTP even better than the first. <laughs> you heard return, it here. To return to our earlier comment. But, um, <laughs> well, anything, any, anything you want to add to that, man? I've been talking about a lot. No, man, that's great. Just, I mean, just a takeaway, right? God is at the same time, our fortress, our stronghold, but he's also 
the mother hen who's covering us, taking the darts, and is with us in trouble. What more do we want? I mean, I want more, but what more do I need? That's what I need. That's true. All right, Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High abides under the shadow of the Almighty. He shall say to the Lord, you are my refuge and my stronghold, my God in whom I put my trust. He shall deliver you from the snare of the hunter and from the deadly pestilence. He shall cover you with his pinions and you shall find refuge under his wings. His faithfulness shall be a shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of any terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in the darkness, nor of the sickness that lays waste at midday. Because he is bound to me in love, therefore will I deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I am with him in trouble. I will rescue him and bring him to honor. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. How about that episode of Our Trying Pod? Now that you've been prepped for praise, won't you do us a solid and subscribe and review? We promise to keep the outlandish illustrations coming. So be sure to join us for another episode of your absolute favorite podcast.